Hey friend, thanks for checking out the Crosspoint Church podcast. It's our hope that these messages will encourage you to grow and thrive in your relationship with Christ. You can find more like this at thecrosspoint.com. Welcome, so glad that you're here today. It's so good to see all of you, those in the balcony, those on the floor, those who are new with us, welcome. Hey, we'd just love to know if you are visiting with us, maybe you're online tuning in for the first time, would you let us know? Just text the word new to the number that's coming up on the screen. Uh, For the rest of you, would you please, there's a card right in front of you, would you fill that out? Take it to the Welcome Center, we've got a gift for you, love to know how we can serve you. Not gonna try to bug you, but we do want to help you, and let's, let's do this together. Speaking of doing things together, grateful to all those of you who gave this morning, brought your bags by the bumper. Uh, I don't know, Phil, if you're in the room, can you shout out how many we had in second service? 85 in second service. Guess what first service did? No pressure, 149, that's pretty amazing. So uh, 220, so these, uh, these bags by the bumper, they go to help people who find themselves in a real difficult season. Most of us in this room, we've been at that spot where we financially, just the ends didn't meet. So glad for people in our lives that helped us. So Feed My People is one of those organizations we partner with. We're the major sponsor for Feed My People in the St. Louis area. You guys bring more food than all the other churches. Not not that we're in competition. I'm just grateful to you for being generous and doing what you can. Thank you for the uh, Operation Christmas Child boxes. This is the last day. Hopefully you brought those. You can actually go online to Operation Christmas Child and you can give one uh, virtually. You can sign up. I've done this. It's a great way for you to, if you forgot, and you can do this online. Just make sure you put Crosspoint Church so we know, hey man, you got, this is working. You guys are growing in generosity. That's the point. It's not so we can brag. It's just so we can see how God is working in your life at Crosspoint. So, so grateful for you. Uh, before we dive into God's word, I want to mention a really important day that happened yesterday, Veterans Day. And why would we mention this on a Sunday? It's because And there are folks among us who have made the greatest sacrifice. And there are those of you that you bear physical scars, but many of you that bear emotional scars. And I've talked to some of you, I've prayed with some of you. And and the scripture says, from the words of Jesus, greater love has no one than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. So there are ways that you guys have done that. I just want to honor you. My dad served in uh, the Korean War, so he, he's with Jesus now, but I'm just grateful uh, to those of you that have served. I know sometimes this gets politicized, <clears throat> but I just want to say that for this house, we want to at least say thank you, we honor you, we're praying for you, want you to be healed and whole. So, <clears throat> yeah. I just would love for those of you that are serving, have served in our armed forces, would you please stand so we can give you some uh, cred today for all that you've done.
Yeah, we're, we're grateful to you. So we're going to go to God's Word in Genesis chapter 16 and Matthew 6, continuing in this series, The Forgotten Father. My heart in this series is I think many of us, evangelicals especially, that we talk a lot about Jesus, and rightly so. He is the centerpiece of our faith. But he's not a fatherless son. He's not a fatherless son. He has a father who is behind his love for us. Sometimes we forget that, at least I have. Sometimes we get the wrong idea about our heavenly father. And I, and I would just say, I think some of our problems relationally go back to this. A misunderstanding about our heavenly father and who he is and what he thinks and how he feels. So we're going to continue in that. If you missed last week, I, I would just love for you to tune in to the podcast, whether you see it online, our YouTube channel. Um, but if you're just driving and you say, man, I just want to get that in my heart again. So any of those major platforms like Spotify or iTunes, and if you don't know what that is, ask somebody under the age of 30 because they do. Uh, it's just a great way for you to go back and get God's word in you because last week I felt like it was foundational to the series and really shaped, did some kind of deep plowing in us. And I'd love for you to tune in and see that. But let's go to Genesis chapter 16 and we're gonna go through the books of the Bible all the way to Genesis. I mean, all the way to Revelation. I'm just kidding, y'all. But we're going to go Genesis 16 and then flip over to Matthew 6. In verse 6, Abram says something to Sarai. Now, if you know the Bible, you know that Abram becomes Abraham. Sarai becomes Sarah. So when you hear me use those names interchangeably, just know that it's not because the pastor lost it and doesn't know how to spell or read. It's just because those names really become synonymous. But here, this is where Abraham is called Abram and Sarah is called Sarai. So in, in verse six, but Abram said to Sarai, behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur, and he said, Hagar, that's her name, servant of Sarai, where have you come from? Where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress, submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. Verse 13. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Then over to the New Testament, chapter 6 of Matthew, where we read last time, we'll pick up here again, verse three. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, 
And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father, who is in secret. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Talking about the father who sees. Father who sees. This is God's word. So, a couple weeks ago, uh, my wife and I celebrated our wedding anniversary. Thank you very much. And milking for applause, just anywhere I can get it. Yeah. So my wife and I were reminiscing about, you know, past experiences, things we've been through. And I happened to come up on a picture and and this was right after I became lead pastor of this church. I know what you guys are thinking. You're looking and saying, man, they look just the same as they did. Isn't that amazing, right? That's what you're thinking. They just haven't aged a bit. I know. I'm looking at that and saying the same thing. We look the same. Well, at the same time, I'm not going to show you a bunch of family photos and places I've been, and I will just share one photo from the beach uh, recently. <clears throat> I know you're thinking, man, from the neck down, it kind of looks like the rock. And yeah, people tell us that a lot. Say, why is it that your body is tan, but your face isn't? I, I wear lots of sunscreen, and I just didn't apply it everywhere. I'm not going to show you photos of me Sunday night with my ratty shorts on and my ratty t-shirt uh, because there's some things I just don't want you to see. And this is the way we are. We want to be seen, and so that's why you post what you post on social media. But usually it's your best shot. It's usually the airbrushed shots of our life, the highlight reels, as we say. And we have, we have this sort of love-hate relationship with the paparazzi because of that, because that's what they do. They go around the world looking, chasing after Chris Evans, Leo DiCaprio, and Carrie Underwood. What are they doing? They're wanting to find that shot that is unflattering. And most of us are intrigued by that because we've seen the glamour shots. We want to see the behind-the-scenes shots where they look more like Pillsbury Doughboys because then we feel better about ourselves. That, that, but this is the way we are. We want to be seen, but we want to be seen on our terms. We want to be seen just for the, the good parts of our life. Let's, let's hide the rest of it. And I know that some of you say, well, you know, that's not my personality. I don't post anything. But most of us, if we'll be true to ourselves, will say, yeah, I don't want to be invisible. I want people to know I'm here. I want them, to, even the ones who have, you came in late and you're going to leave early because you want to slip in and slip out you still have those moments where you want to be seen. It's why little children will do that on the edge of the pool and say, Daddy, Daddy, watch. Mom, watch. Put down your phone. I want you to see what I'm about to do. And they, you know, jump into the pool and do a belly flop, but you're just like, that was amazing. I think there's a professional diver in you. Uh, you're going you're gonna to build that child up because they want to be seen. Genesis 16, Abram 
has been seen by God. He's been noticed. And God gives him a promise. You go back to chapter 12, you can read the promise of God to Abram. I'm gonna make you a great nation. Your children will be like the sands of the sea and the stars of the heaven. God makes this awesome promise, not because Abraham is all that special, but because of the special love of God. And he makes this promise. Abram, Abram and Sarai are older. Uh, they, they're, they're not expecting to have kids. They've, they've got their ARP card. You know, they're getting ready to move to Florida and just say, this is, a, this is our life. No grandkids coming home. But then God steps in and says, no, I see you. And I, I'm going to do this to show my power and my love. And through you, all the world will be blessed. But then there's this waiting period, as there often is when God makes a promise. He rarely says something and then the next day does it. He's wanting faith from us, wanting us to trust him. And Abram is good in some ways, but he kind of fails this part because he gets impatient. And Sarai does too. And so they conspire and come up with this plan. And here we find ourselves in Genesis 16. And Sarai says, you know, uh, it kind of looks like God has forgotten us, but we need, we need an heir. It was really important to have children in those days because they carry on the family business and somebody to take care of you when you get older. And so Sarai says, I know, I, you know, I've got my handmaid, my servant, my bond servant, and, uh, you know, if Abram has a child by her, it'll sort of be like ours. So she conspires and she gives her handmaid or slave to Abram to have a child. Abram goes into her and this is effectively rape. That's what it is. This is power over the powerless. Powerful over the powerless. She has nothing to say about this. And this nameless woman who often in these verses, even where we picked up in chapter 16 of Genesis 16, verse 6, when the scripture says, um, here's my servant. It's, it's a nameless person. Your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Oh, this is, this is verse six. We'll get there in a moment. But back, back up, I'm sorry. Back up in uh, chapter 16. I'm off a little bit here. So I apologize. Verse, verse six of Genesis 16, it tells us that Abram speaks of this nameless woman, this handmaid, this servant. And this woman who is nameless, simply a, a handmaid, is cast out of the house. She is dealt harshly with. And as she's making her way into the wilderness, God sees it all. And she isn't alone. And this voice, this angel comes to her and says, you've been seen. You're going to bear a child. Here in this place of desperation where she feels like she's not seen, this voice comes and says, I do hear you. You're going to have a child named Ishmael, which interestingly means God hears. So not only is it God who sees, but a God who hears. 
And this woman begins to wrestle with the fact that she feels unseen, but hears a voice who says, she is seen and she is here. She is heard. And here's the question as I see something like this, and maybe you've had as well, you think, well, if God sees, if God hears, why didn't he step in and do something about this before it happened? It's a good question. Why does God stand by when things like this happen? And this doesn't answer every question, but here's what we sometimes forget is that God is not the only will in the universe. That sometimes God has his way, but then the other times, Satan has his way. And not only that, humans have their way. And God respects our will and our decision-making in that he allows us to do things that sometimes hurt other people. And some of us look and say, you know, well, why did God do this? The way I look at this, all of this mess was caused by Sarah and Abram as they come up with this plan to create plan B, which is not God's original plan. So God doesn't cause everything, but he sees everything. And as, and as Hagar hears these words from the angel that says, I see you. You're gonna have a son. You're gonna name him Ishmael because God listens, God hears. And there's a, there's a verse here, verse 13, that says that Hagar speaks of this God and actually names him. Scholars tell us this is the only place in the Bible where someone renames God. And she names him in the Hebrew, it's Two words, El Roy, which mean you are a God of seeing. He is a God who sees. And I believe that after she hears this, I believe her steps were a little lighter. She makes her way back, as the angel said, go back to your mistress. I'm going to take care of you. I've got your back. And so she heads back, and I think her Load is a little lighter and spring in her step because she knows, hey, God sees me. There's something about just knowing that there's somebody watching who gets it. And this is a phrase here that doesn't mean, yeah, I saw that. It means I see it and I get it, that I understand, that I feel it. It's like when we say he gets us. That's what we mean. God doesn't just see, he gets it. He understands, he feels it. When you've done your best and you hoped your boss would see the job that you're doing and then someone else gets the credit, God sees. When you, when you were faithful to God in your 20s, you obeyed the Lord and you kept yourself pure and then your 30s and then your 40s and you're still single, God sees when you cried yourself to sleep because of PTSD from wars, God sees, he understands, he feels it. He is El Roe. And this doesn't just happen once, it happens again. 
in verse in chapter 21 of Genesis where Hagar has had a son. She's named him Ishmael, which means God listens. She's serving this God who sees and he hears. Maybe she had heard about him in the past, but now it's personal. This is my God. But now Ishmael is 13 years old and Isaac has just been born, the promised child. And the Bible tells us that Ishmael starts making fun of Isaac. Typical sibling rivalry. And as this is happening, then there's some more tension in this blended family as Sarai says, all right, she's got to go. So she looks at Abram and said, you did this. You need to fix it. So Abram sends Hagar out. And again, she finds herself in the wilderness. And what's going to happen this time? This time, again, She's in a place of destitution, desperate. And the child is about to die of thirst. The angel of the Lord appears again and says, as he hears the voice of the boy, what troubles you, Hagar? In other words, I know you by name. Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. They survive. The family survives. Ishmael becomes a great nation. And there is still conflict between the descendants of Ishmael and Isaac as we're seeing still in the world. But God keeps his promise to Hagar. And I look at this, and I was just thinking this week as I was looking at this, did God suddenly make a well appear in the wilderness? I don't know. But I do find it fascinating that sometimes what is right in front of us we can't see because of grief. Because of disappointment, disappointment and grief can sometimes blind us to the goodness of God. God opens her eyes. Maybe it was there the whole time, but I found even in my own life that sometimes I I just need to know that God knows or someone knows what I've been through. Maybe it doesn't fix everything, but in the moment, just because of disappointment, I can be blind to the goodness and the kindness of God because I feel like nobody sees, nobody knows. It even happens in marriage. And sometimes I just want my wife to know (laughs) I'm trying. You know, when my wife goes out of town for a few days and she comes back and I think, you know, I'm gonna clean the house while she's gone, you know. She'll come in and be impressed, you know. So I'm, you know, vacuuming, and I I put all the stripes just right because I want her to walk in and see the stripes on the carpet. I'm like, Odie, you can't walk there, dude. Don't get off the carpet. Mama's coming. So she comes in, and and she's looking around. Wow, thanks for cleaning the house. I I just noticed that you vacuumed. I go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I, I just... Or when I'm loading the dishwasher, emptying the dishwasher, I want her to know, don't look at me so holy, guys, you know you do this. (laughs) Taking out the trash, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just taking out the trash. 
taking up. I, and then if she doesn't notice, I'm, I'm filling the dishwasher. I'm like banging the pots and the pans a little more. Just want somebody to know what I'm going through. And we can feel that way when it comes to serving. You feel like, God, do you see? God, do you know? When you're in the four-year-old classroom and that four-year-old makes a big mess in the bathroom here and you clean it up and nobody knows. Does anybody see what I'm going through? Or in life group, you made the brownies, you cleaned the house, you did the stripes on the carpet and then no one shows up. It's happened to me. Does anybody see when you came and prayed at church? Does anybody see? Does anybody know when I'm kneeling down crying out for my family? Does anybody know when I'm crying out for awakening in the church and revival? Does anybody see? Does anybody know there is one who sees? Matthew 6, I just, I just love this part. Again, when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What he's saying, he says, don't broadcast it. You don't need to broadcast it because your father who sees in secret, who is that? It's Elroy, same God who saw Hagar. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who what? He's in secret. Your father who sees and secret will reward you. Oh, this should be encouraging to us today that there are no secret servants in heaven. God sees it all. There are no secret prayer warriors. God hears every prayer. Well, I'm not seeing anything happen. Well, maybe it hasn't happened yet, but don't give up. I don't know how God will reward you, but he will. Sometimes it's right now. Sometimes it's a few years down the road. Sometimes we have to wait till heaven to see the reward of God. But God does keep his promise here when he says, I am a father who sees. I think about different times in my life when it felt like nobody knew. Nobody knows what I'm going through. I know you've never felt like this, but man, I have. So many times in pastoring, I remember a long time ago, I was in the lobby of the first church where I came to St. Louis many moons ago. I was a young man in my 20s and the church had dwindled down to about 120. It just seemed like the church was dying. I remember praying in the lobby and I remember just feeling my heartbreak. I said, God, I came here. I was just believing you to do great things. And a voice said, you just need to leave. It's not gonna happen. And I remember just asking God, pleading with God, God, I'd like to stay in St. Louis. I love this place, I love these people. I don't wanna go, but if you send me, I'll go. And at that moment, it's like I wanted to escape. I wanted to get out of it. But I asked the Lord, I said, God, if it's all right with you, I just wanna stay here but I wanna see your hand. I wanna see blessing. I wanna see you save people. I wanna see something more than what we have now just so we can just say, look what God has done. And so I stand here today by the grace of God because of his kindness, not because I'm a superhero, but because I serve a super father who sees in secret. 
and he rewards. I just say, well, good for you, pastor. That hasn't happened to me. Well, I don't know how he's going to reward you, but he will. He sees it. He isn't the God who scrolls through our life, who just looks at the highlight reel. He sees the desperation. He sees the moments when you're praying. You feel like nobody sees. Oh, don't you believe it for a minute. There was a father who sees in secret. But here's the part that kind of bothers me as I was studying this, thinking about myself and thinking about you, is if God sees it, he sees the stuff we go through, sees the way we're praying, the way we're giving, sees you bring the bags by the bumper, serving the outreach teams on Monday night, where God sees all that. He also sees the other stuff. Uh Uh-oh. We used to have a song back in the hymnal in my day that said, there's an all-seeing eye watching you. Which sounds great for my Sunday school teacher in her 70s, but for an eight-year-old with an overactive, guilty conscience, that's not a good thing. There's an all-seeing eye watching you. And I would sometimes, as a kid, I just saw, when we'd say, watching you, watching you. Anybody ever sing that? It's like, there's an all-seeing eye watching you. I would just see like this big eyeball in the sky, you know, like watching me. Thinking about all the ways that I mess up, even now. I listen to the accuser, I know about my flaws and my faults. I know about, you know, when, when we do things, it's like it's not very godly. When I walk down the aisle at the grocery store and I happen, my eyes happen to catch that person that really talks a lot, but I'm in a hurry, kind of duck and pull my hat down, suddenly get called to the dairy department on the other side of the store. Or when I'm reading the Bible and I fall asleep, when I say something dumb that makes my wife cry, when I drink out of the milk jug and nobody's watching. (laughs) Listen, friends, I've done all that. I'm not proud of it. I don't get up in the morning, let's see how I can hurt people. But because I'm in process, that happens sometimes. That even after being saved, we still fall short as God is working on me and working on you and changing me. But if I think about that and just dwell on the fact, he sees it all. What comfort is there in that? There is none except for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Romans 5 and 8 says, God shows his love for us. In that, what's that word? While, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that's the past. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me and accepts me. But not only that, even now, as I'm being changed, as I'm praying, God, forgive me. God, make me more like my father. He's answering that prayer, but I still take comfort in the fact that even now, my life 
belongs to him. I love the way Colossians chapter 3 says that the Apostle Paul, we looked at this a few weeks ago, for you died to this life. That's what repentance is. That's why we get buried in the baptismal tank. We're dying to the old, uh, old person and we are now raised, raised to life in Christ. Your real life is hidden with Christ. Where's my true life, my true self? It's in Christ. So that means that my life, the part that you don't see, the part that I hide, it's hidden in Christ. It's safe in him. That just like this Bible, if I were to say, here's this Bible, and you go, oh, well, thanks a lot. It looks like it's got some abuse. I know, but it's, it's a good book. You ought to read it. But then you find in it, hey, there's some money in here. There's a $100 bill he forgot about. It's hidden in there. And when Jesus is revealed to the whole world, when he is glorified, when everyone will bow and confess that he is Lord, you know what else will be with him? You, if you're in Christ. And you will share in that glory. They're not just gonna go, wow, Jesus. They're gonna go, wow, I didn't know. I didn't know the glory that was on him. It's gonna be revealed in the last day, in the last time. Our life is hidden with Christ so we can be safe in him and we can have confidence that, that not only that, but we will share in his glory, verse four says, Colossians. We will share in the glory that will be revealed in Jesus Christ. If I thought that God just sees all of my life and sort of measures the good against the bad, if he just went, okay, he's got this many hours in prayer, oh, but he's got this many hours in selfishness, hmm. Or he gave this much in the offerings, but look how much he spent on Amazon on books and boots. Oh, wow, I don't know. If I just thought that that's the way God did things, I would have no comfort in this life, but I'm so glad that my life is hidden in Christ. But because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have hope not only in the world to come, but right here and right now. So God is answering my prayer and yours when we receive communion. And in that moment, just quietly sometimes say, God, forgive me. Make me more like Jesus. God, I want, I want your heart. I want to have your eyes of compassion. I believe he is answering that. I believe I'm becoming more like my father, like father, like son. And don't we do that when you see a newborn baby? What's one of the first things you start doing? Start comparing. Look at the child. Look at the mom. Look at the dad. Oh, I think he's got your eyes. Oh, I think those dimples. I've seen those before. Yeah. Kind of looks like me, doesn't he? Doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I, I see the resemblance. This is what's happening. You and I, our life is hidden with Christ, and we pray that, and we say, God, I want to be more like my Father. He's answering that, but it's little by little that God sees and God hears. So here's my, here's my question today. If you really believed this, that God sees and God hears, would that change the way you live? Would it change the way you pray? If you said, I know that God sees. I know he hears. 
Wouldn't that change? If you knew that God sees when you serve, when you give, wouldn't that change the way you do things? Listen, my friends, it's true. He really, really does see. Don't listen to that voice that says, he doesn't see, he doesn't care. That's what Hagar thought until she met him personally. I'm not invisible. There is one who knows my name, and he sees. I love the way Sam Storm says it. To know without hesitation or qualification or the slightest doubt that when God looks at you and thinks about you and hears your prayers, that he refuses to remember your sins or lawless deeds, not because there aren't any, not because you've been especially good this week, but solely because Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice in your place once and for all time. To know this and to experience the joy and power and peace it brings is simply too marvelous for words. Get this, man. Get it, my friend. And your life is hidden in Christ. Changes your outlook. Changes the way you see other people to know that he sees and he hears. So I wanna just, I wanna pray in just a moment. For those of us who've been serving a while, loving Jesus, praying, you haven't seen anything happen, to encourage you this morning, he, he sees, he hears. But also to plead with those of you who you don't know Jesus yet. There's a father in heaven who loves you. He saw you get up this morning. He saw you last week when you were in bed and you, before you went to sleep, there was this feeling of heaviness that came over you where you just thought for a minute, is this it? Is this it? This vague emptiness on the inside. Father saw that. It's no accident that you're here and you're listening to his words. It's true. He sees you. Those of you that are wrestling with maybe a spouse that has mental illness and you're just trying to serve faithfully, trying just to do the right thing, God sees, God hears. But most of all, to know that your life is hidden with Christ, this is the main thing, my friend. That you can know that for sure before you leave today. You can come to the Father through Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And I, I plead with you to turn to him and just say, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus will introduce you to his father, father who's seen you all of your life. He knows, he gets it, he understands. You cry out to him, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the God who sees. We refuse the voice of the enemy, the accuser who says, you don't see, you don't care, you don't understand, you do. And we know for sure because of the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm praying for my friends right now who have yet to turn their life over to Jesus Christ, that this would be the moment that they cross the line of faith and say yes to you. We ask in Jesus' name, for conversions, for decisions to follow Jesus. And then, Lord, for the rest of us who sometimes forget and think it doesn't matter, whatever we're going through, whatever we're experiencing, that we could know there is a God who sees. 
there's a God who hears. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. You can check out thecrosspoint.com for more resources like this.